Hi, this is Kirk Reed. Bear with me as we need a little compliance disclosure. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's generally not the case with callers we speak with on the show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. After all, we just met. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Callers should check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we may make. At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. Investment returns are not guaranteed, and past performance does not guarantee future results. And good morning. My name is Mike McNamara, and coincidentally enough, you're listening to McNamara on Money. And happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and all that good stuff. I hope everybody's getting excited and getting squared away for whatever kind of things you'll be celebrating in the next month or so. Anyway, so today we have a plan. The plan is that we're going to have a complete and thorough discussion of reverse mortgages. They are very interesting products. They are very helpful to a whole lot of people out there in the country. And they're also very confusing and very misunderstood. And also there's a little bit of a taint to their history because people, this, we'll get to that. But anyway, my, my special guest this morning, you've heard him here before on numerous times. His name is David Tortelot from Homestead Mortgage. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Mike. Good to see you. Hey, good to be seen. And thank you for taking another Saturday morning out of your life. Today. Yeah. So you, I can't remember the last time we sat in this cockpit <laughs> together. It's been a while. It has indeed. So have you got some plans today right after the show? Yeah, yeah, heading to Westford. I think I just mentioned that to you. My daughter's yeah. got a volleyball tournament, so it's her first tournament. Already. So we're all ramped up for that. My daughter, Alyssa, has informed me that there are nine soccer games going on for two kids in three days this weekend. In wow. Local. She a coach? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> indeed. So that's why I'm solo this morning and sitting in the big seat here, but it's just going to have to do. It's good to be with you. Yeah, folks, we're going to try to encourage some calls here for the show as well. We're broadcasting this morning, even though you might be listening to us from WCAP in Lowell, we're broadcasting from WATD in Marshfield, and our call-in phone number here is 781-837-4900, and we're talking about reverse mortgages, and they have all kinds of interesting things that go along with them, and we're going to try to educate you for the next couple hours, but we love to get callers, because whatever you're thinking, there's probably a couple of hundred other folks thinking the same thing with the same questions. So don't be shy, and we'll mention the number a few times here going forward. And Tim, you're going to yell at me when we get close to the break, right? Because I'm I'll give you the high uh, sign, right. and you'll hear the m- uh, magical right. music. Uh, and Just pound on the glass or something. No, I'll be nice. I haven't sat in the big seat for a while. Y- you're doing a great job hey, so thank far. You. Well, we'll, yeah. see. we'll see. Okay. <laughs> Only 30 years, right? This is old hat. 32, actually. 32. Wow. <laughs> Depends on the Nielsen ratings. We'll see how they go. <laughs> nope, folks, this is small town radio, and we like it that way, by the way. Where would you like to start there, Mr. Tortolat? Uh, how about a definition or an explanation? We'll keep it real simple here. Yeah, let's start off with the definition and yeah. then get the, the stigmas. We'll attack right. what happens. The stigmas, yeah, I like stigmas. that. All right. I should have advertised all the stigmas of, you know, this week <laughs> or get more people to listen or something like that. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, the definition is, the standard definition, it's a loan for people 62 and older that allows them to access the wealth in their house. But I like to frame it a little bit differently. I like to frame it as a, it's a mortgage. But the way it works is it's a financial tool because once you set this reverse mortgage up against your house, it just has so many applications. So it goes across the needs-based client, the middle-class client, and the affluent. So I have clients across the whole spectrum. And so I like to frame it that way, but it's simply a home mortgage for people 62 and older against their primary residence only, not a second home or an investment property. At this moment in time, who knows if that'll change in the future. Yeah. 
And it just allows them really, Mike, to access somewhere between today, and we talked about this, between 40% and say 55% of their home's appraised value based on their age. Yeah, and by the way, that's changed from a long time ago, right? That's right, and it it changed because the rates changed. Okay. And so when we have a rising interest rate climate like we do now, the amount someone can borrow on a reverse mortgage decreases because it's a present value calculation. So that was nothing to do with regulations or anything. That was just a financial result, basically. It's part of how the loan has worked forever. When rates are low, people can maximize the amount of equity in their house through a reverse mortgage. That's right, because you can afford a bigger house if rates are lower, basically. Got it. And when rates are higher, because these loans defer interest, and that's why they call it a reverse mortgage, everything happens in reverse or opposite of a forward mortgage, where a forward mortgage, a little snow behind you, Mike, yeah, first yeah, time this year. It's kind of it cool. Huh? So a forward mortgage is we know we take out a mortgage based on a term, a 30-year term with a rate and a payment, and we make a payment back forward every month. And so that decreases the loan balance. And I didn't know we had forward mortgages until we had reverse mortgages. Right. Then you had to call them something. And that, I think that's why HUD and FHA call it a reverse because the way it works is backwards of yeah. or opposite of a regular mortgage yeah. or a forward mortgage. So yeah. on a forward mortgage, you borrow money and you pay it back every month to the bank. On a reverse mortgage, you set up money or borrow money and they don't require you to pay them back. They'll get the interest back at the end. So the balance of the mortgage goes up by the accrued interest. On a regular mortgage, the balance goes down because you make a payment. And then the flow of the money, instead of you making the payment back forward to the lender the first of every month, on a reverse mortgage, they pay you out of your mortgage in the form of a monthly payment, or you can take money in lump sums from your line of credit. So that's why the word reverse is in front of mortgage. Yeah. It's just going in opposite of a regular mortgage. Yeah. And folks, they are a financial tool. I, I am a certified financial planner, as are my three younger partners at our firm, and they have some very terrific uses for certain people in certain situations, which is why we're talking to David here, by the yeah. way. The way I start off trying to explain them is that it's like having a home equity line of credit that you don't have to pay back. That's right. As, lo- as long as you live in your house. Think about folks, if you have this home equity line of credit and you're paying just the interest, okay, it stays the same forever. Okay. Basically, if you had that and never had to pay it back, that that's how it works, except it's a, it's getting bigger because you're not paying the interest. It's like having a home equity line of credit without paying the interest, which sounds terrific until you understand that it's be building up over time. But what happens in the end depends as we'll figure that out. And the difference, that's a good, that's a good segue into a lot of times people say, Hey Dave, why don't I just take out a home equity line of credit? It sounds very much the same. Can you tell me the differences? And the, the differences are, there's a stark contrast. So you have a home equity line of credit when you go down to a bank as a retiree, because I'm only working with people 62 and older. So typically they're on fixed income. Yeah. So if you go down to a bank and you apply for a home equity line, they're going to look at a few things. What's your income? What's your credit score? What's the value of the home? And if you have other liens on the property, that's going to limit the amount you can borrow. Okay. So usually what you can borrow is based on your income on a home equity line. So if you're on social security and or pension, the income might be low where they might not be able to give you access to as much equity with a reverse mortgage. Reverse mortgage is not income or credit score. It's based on age and appraised value. If you're 62 and you're breathing and you own your home, basically. Exactly. And there are some income and credit limits now, and we'll talk about that too. Okay. But not like a forward mortgage. It's, It's just certain minimum thresholds that HUD needs the client to meet so that they 
can determine that they have enough of their own income to at least cover the property charges okay. because they want the loan to be a long option. They don't want it to be a Band-Aid yep. as a short term like they were set up in the past. If you, like you just said, if you were 62 and older, can fog a mirror. Yeah. There was no other requirements, income or anything, credit okay. history. But there's a you few got more. the mortgage. Yeah, there's a few more these days. That's what's There's a good. few more these days, yeah. and it's protection because HUD wants these to serve long-term, not short-term. Yeah. And they don't want people to take a reverse mortgage out, then fall behind after they went through all their money on the yeah. reverse. Yeah. Now they're stuck with the retirement income and falling behind on taxes and insurance. Okay. Yeah, so that that's, and then with a, rever- with a reverse equity line of credit, the line of credit never expires. It only expires when you no longer live in the home. So there's no age requirement. A home equity line is a 10-year line. So you take it out now, and in 10 years, whatever your balance is converts into a 20-year mortgage, principal and interest. Okay. I get the calls all the time. People don't know that, by the way. No, they don't know that. And what happens is if you're 62, right, and you're a couple, and you've got income, both of you, and you go down and get a $150,000 home equity line of credit, that lasts for 10 years, and now, say one of you passes away, you have, you've lost half the income, and this, now this woman or man is 72 years old, they get the letter from the bank saying, hey, your loan's converting to a 20-year note. Principal and interest in your payment's gonna go from interest only of $90 a month to $590 a month. Yeah. They call the bank, and the bank says, let's check your income out, and oh, you, you had more income back when you applied then because you had your husband's or wife's income. So it's not really a good tool for folks that are retired to do a home equity line of credit because of the variables down the road when it matures. Yeah, ne- nevertheless, if you could. I yep. mean, and there are also folks who go into retirement with a home equity line of credit in place. And that's that makes it even, that's unfortunate yeah. because if they've just been paying the interest on that, they have some surprises if it expires. If two years after you retire, your 10th year just came up and you've been paying interest only on this home equity line for nine and a half years, there's a big number there that you're all of a sudden going to have to start to pay back. Yeah, and it, usually the payment doubles, in some cases triples. Yeah. And that puts them in a position where like, oh, what do I do now? I can't afford that. I lost my husband three years ago. Yeah. I don't have his income. So the other difference, biggest difference is so with a home equity line, those can be suspended, canceled if we hit a housing market where it, homes are depreciating. Okay. And the banks feel oh, risk. Oh, really? No, yeah. No, no kidding. So they have the right to cancel a suspended. It happened to me in okay. 2009. Huh. I went to use my card at Lowe's yeah. and it, it said it's rejected. And I called citizens and they said, oh yeah, Mr. Tortolot, there's at times in when this line's open, if we feel risk, we cannot, we can suspend it or cancel it temporarily. That's so funny. I either didn't know that or never thought about that. And have there, there have been some times when more with real estate has depreciated, but not for very long. But that's interesting. They must be more aware and concerned these days than they were a yeah. bunch of years ago about qualifications and people being able to pay them, yeah. basically. Wow. But reverse wow. equity lines of credit can never be frozen, canceled, or suspended. And that's okay. because you're paying a fee, an upfront insurance fee, hefty okay. fee, yeah. 2% of your appraised value. Everybody pays that. That goes into a pool at FHA. And that's the money that federally insures the loan. Okay. And it also gives you guarantees that if you have a line of credit in place and you're paying your property taxes, homeowners insurance, and living in the home, it doesn't matter what the home value depreciates to or plummets to, that line of credit will always be accessible to you. It can't okay. be frozen or suspended. So there's a lot of differences. And it, if, again, if someone's 62 or older and wants to stay in their home long term, 
Yeah. They're in the long term. Yeah, the, the, I think the trick is you have to plan to be there forever for to get your best advantage. Exactly. Right? Yeah. All the strategies okay. we're going to talk about today, Mike, are really for someone who's 62 and old and wants to stay in their home long term. Now, they don't have to stay there long term. Things can change, right? A death mm-hmm. of a spouse or... But the intent that, yes, I would like to stay in this home long term, then a reverse mortgage is worth looking into. Okay. If... If you're not planning to stay in that house, then don't look into it until you're in the house you want to stay in long term. Yeah. If okay. you're planning to sell it. So it's a it's for a long term home. Yeah, think um, about it folks. If you have one of these things and it's building it's getting bigger every year as you're using the money. So number one, you're increasing the size of the loan and number two, the interest is compounding. You might be in a pretty ugly place when you go to sell the home and think that you were gonna hopefully have this much money equity in your home and all of a sudden it's not. So here we go. I'll just summarize that. So home equity yeah. line versus a reverse equity line, someone who's 65 years or older. Go to a bank, get a home equity line. You're going to have an interest-only payment at least yep. when you start utilizing the line of credit. You have the chance of it not being available if we have a housing market crash or something like that. They can suspend or cancel it. Yep. A reverse mortgage can never be suspended or canceled, and it doesn't expire in 10 years. The reverse line of credit will always be available as long as you're living in the house. It doesn't matter what age you are. Taxes are paid insurance is paid on time and you're living there. There's no expiration date. The use of the line of credit never expires. But here's the biggest thing, and this is the secret sauce. On a home equity line of credit, when you take that out, that limit that you get initially, let's say it's $150,000 ceiling on that home equity line, that's it. That's the ceiling. On a reverse mortgage, if you take a reverse mortgage out today and let's say your line of credit amount is 300000 that limit, Mike, increases every month. The amount of that line of credit goes up every month guaranteed. Nothing can make it go down. And how is that, what's that connected to? It's connected to two things, two factors. Number one, when you take it out at say age 62 next year, you're 63, so on and so forth. Because when you take one out at 62, the percentage you can borrow then is less than someone that was say 72 when they took it out. Got it. So as you, when you take it out, as you age, they allow more money to go into the line of credit is because you're aging and the eventual appreciation of the home over the long term. Okay. So those are the two reasons they let the credit line grow. Yeah, it's a hard concept for folks to grasp. Yeah, Yeah. but that's really the secret sauce that what, you know, that what Dr. Wei-Fa wrote this book about is that growing line of credit has so many, so versatile helping people out with the returns risk in their portfolios and yeah. using this in different times. But so that that's the biggest difference. And one thing I will say is that a reverse mortgage is far more expensive than a home equity line of credit. Is it basing, is it equal to basic closing costs in a forward mortgage plus 2% or is it a bit more than that? Yeah. How does that work? A home equity line you can get for a couple hundred dollars. Right, yeah, but it it's sorry, open-ended. I'm thinking about a regular mortgage. Regular mortgage, yeah. yes, yeah. On a regular mortgage, you're going to have an origination fee and yeah. then attorney's costs, yeah. right? okay. But you don't have an upfront insurance fee of 2%. Right. Yeah, 2% so it's really the, the upfront insurance yeah. that makes it more expensive. That's really the difference and that's the protection that buys the protection Right, rate. you're paying that for it's one time and it's rolled in. It's not out of pocket. It's the house is absorbing okay. that. Okay. What that does is that goes into a pool and it's around seven or $8 billion. Everybody nationwide that takes one out also puts 2% into that pool at FHA. And what they say is that no one in the family is responsible for the mortgage. If you live a long time yeah. after you take it out and the ho- housing market crashes at the time they pass away and then the kids inherit it, there's a chance it could be upside down depending on how much they spent from the reverse mortgage, what rates are and all those different things. So the okay. loan itself, if it were ever higher than the value, that's why you paid that insurance. 
FHA will pay the difference back to the lender behind the scenes. The kids have no liability, the estate has no liability, but there might not be any money left when they go to sell it or equity left, depending on how long their parents live. If they live a long time and use all the money quickly, there's a chance the home could be upside down, but that's why you're paying that insurance for protection so that the bank doesn't go after the estate for the shortfall. Okay, yeah. They just walk away and then they get it back. The lender gets it back from FHA behind the scenes. They file a claim. You have to, and we'll talk about how people can take the money from it, obviously, but you have to imagine that People have thought out the chances of it, you maxing it out before you die are hopefully pretty low, yeah. unless you're w- wildly irresponsible and or in way deep trouble financially speaking. The odds are that's not going to happen. Or yeah, because yeah. HUD doesn't want to pay the claims, no, though, right? It's like any life insurance yeah. company; they have they collect enough money yeah. with as more receivables than claims paid. Yep. But they, there's too many moving parts and too many variables, so they have to collect that so that they have enough to pay back yeah. because it's not a taxpayer-funded loan. It's funded by the 2% insurance fee yeah. out of the height so of the home. I'd be curious, and maybe you don't know the answer to this, but so this part of money that's there, I assume it's earning money, okay, and I assume yeah, I or sometimes about, they tap, tap it, I would guess. Who knows? I will say this. About yeah. seven years ago, that fund was in the negative range. Yeah. So there's okay. a lot of claims being paid out, and that was due to some tweaks that were needed to be made because people were lump summing all the money initially and there was some unscrupulous activity where maybe an originator was setting up the line of credit and then someone else coming back and helping them invest that money and taking it out of the house. All those things were going on. Those This contributed to the bad reputation. The bad reputation. And and so the government at least smartened up a whole lot basically is what you're saying on that. Well, HUD oversees the loan. They regulate it. So it's this loan, just to step back a little bit, I guess, is... I'll go way back because we'll get to the stigmas. Yeah. Let's t- tackle that right now. Believe it or not, reverse mortgages have been around since 1961. That was the first reverse mortgage underwritten for a woman in Maine. Wow. But it was not a federally regulated reverse mortgage. It was a bank reverse mortgage. Okay. They called them the legacy reverse mortgages because the guidelines were all over the place. The banks all had different rules. Some shared equity when it sold, some didn't. Free country competition business. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. The costs were all over the place. They were more expensive than today. But it wasn't until the late 80s during the Reagan administration where they said, hey, we like this concept because we have the boomer coming of age and an awful lot of them not going to want to sell their house they're going to want to age in place so how can we take this reverse mortgage concept retool it federally regulate it enact it through Congress into law and oversee it nationwide the lenders can lend the money on it but we'll give them the rule book okay and so they did that in 1988 and then there was still some bugs to work out when they released their FHA, they call it a home equity conversion mortgage. And that was what was going on. The loan was being set up and then there was unscrupulous people that were stripping the equity out and investing it in different things, annuities and things like that. If you own one of these, the worst thing you can do is take out all the money tomorrow, okay? Because then all of a sudden you've got a huge loan balance deferring interest. Yeah, whatever sort of a thing. So folks, and we'll get to this a little later on in the show in terms of how you might use it. There are two, I think there's lots of different ways, but if you take a lump sum out of there and that it exhausts the cap, you you, uh, you don't want to do that, folks. That's a bad thing. You can take regular income over a bunch of years and you could just use it like a home equity line of credit, which you have to be careful about. But we'll get to that in a little while. But I just wanted to, yeah. So they've cleaned up their act, the regulations, it's mostly sensible. And yeah, the stigmas, if you do something right 900 times and do something wrong once, what do you hear about for the rest of your life in this country? 
exactly. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I, as financial advisors, we have used these tools on, under certain circumstances yep. where we thought it's very appropriate for folks. And so I hope we have a bunch of listeners here that are keeping an open mind and curious, and we'll see where it goes yeah. from there. It's but, worth uh, considering. Yeah. Dr. Wei Fa wrote this book that's sitting here right in front of me, and yeah. he's just, he's dumbfounded as to why people are considering wealth, considering yeah. it. Yeah. No, he's not yeah. saying doing it. Yeah, we're, we're coming up on a break here, so let me kind of make clear a couple things. So, folks, if you're heading into retirement and or are in retirement and you're not, you're feeling uncomfortable because either you don't have enough pension income or there's not enough money in your nest egg or for, or you got a big loan that you didn't. If there's some reason that you're heading into retirement or in retirement where you might have to consider using some of your house equity to bail yourself out. There's lots of different ways to do that, but right. one, of the, uh, one of the good ones is a reverse mortgage. Yep. And so after the break, if you want to give us a shout, if you have some questions or maybe you're actively in the process and are trying to think about it, whatever. So give us a call at 781-837-4900. We'll be right back. This is Mike McNamara. If you're looking for a financial advisor, start by asking him or her three questions. Number one, are you a certified financial planner practitioner? Number two, are you legally held to a fiduciary standard of care for your clients? And number three, do you only give financial advice and not sell investment products? These are all simple yes-no questions. If he or she doesn't answer yes quickly and starts talking, that's a no, and it's time to move on to another advisor. We're back. My name is Mike McNamara, and coincidentally enough, you're listening to McNamara on Money Here. The subject for today is reverse mortgages, and uh, so here are the folks who should be hopefully listening to the show and maybe calling the show. Let me describe who you might be. So if you're staring down the barrel of retiring sometime soon and you're a little concerned about that because you're not sure if you have enough money or enough income and or if you're in retirement in like in the same pickle which is kind of a little insecure if there was something in the back of your head that said I might have to use the equity in my home to be okay in retirement and whether that's selling it and downsizing or whether it's refinancing or doing a home equity line or a reverse mortgage any of those things are possible but if you're in that position where you might have to spend your home. I like to call it that because that's what it is, folks. Wait a minute. What, I, my home is my assets. If you accumulated your assets, it's okay to spend them, folks, if you need to. It's like one of the rules as far as I'm concerned. Take care of number one when it comes to that. So if you're in a position where you're pretty sure that somewhere down the line, you're going to have to somehow, way, shape, or form use the equity, which is hopefully a big number that's in your home, you should be listening to this show. If you're already in a little bit of a financial straits and uh, you've been thinking about this or or maybe even looking into them, well, this is your special day because I'm talking with David Tortelart from Homestead Mortgage and this is what he does. And because he's on this show here, you can assume that we trust him and we've been referring folks to him for a long time because of that. Anyway, our telephone number here is 781-837-4900. And and if you have a question or a concern or a critique or a comment or whatever about reverse mortgages, this is truly your special day. So once again, 781-837-4900. We are standing by. 
Anyway, how's that for an introduction, huh? Awesome. Thank you, Mike. It's been, it, you guys have been great to me over the years. And I think it's been 2007 well, that's when you I first met with the Daxons, yeah, Alyssa yeah. and Justin. Yeah, that's because you haven't embarrassed us yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we hope that goes for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And you guys have been nice to have me on your thank, show thank periodically. You. Well, you know, in any business, if you make a referral, you're always potentially risking a relationship with yeah. the clients. And yeah. so if folks don't know that, uh, yeah, that's a pretty serious business yeah. when you refer somebody to somebody else in this world. So anyway, yeah, so where do you want to go from here? B- Basically, well, let's hope we get a call or two, but I didn't mean to cut into your outline. So what do you want to talk about no, next? This is your fine. special show here. We kind of so. went through here. So yeah. some interesting stats. And when you look down the bottom there, yeah. Mike, if you take just people age 62 and older nationwide, yeah. Yeah. just their primary homes, not investment properties, but second homes. Yeah. Again, owned by 62 and older nationwide primary residents. You know the number. Yeah. I was going to ask you to guess it. Yeah, There's $11.58 okay. trillion dollars yeah. of unused equity that's not being considered. Yeah. And to your point earlier, that introduction, I'm not here today to say that a reverse mortgage is the only tool. It's a tool among many others. Yeah. And we know that. Yep. But $11.58 trillion, if you're considering it, it could be a put to good use if you understand, based on your circumstances, whether or not a reverse mortgage might be a good fit. And that's really when people ask me what I do for a living. Really what I do is I sit down with families either A, on the phone or Zoom or in person, and I educate them yep. on what reverse mortgages are. And we go over all the closing costs and we go over all the pros and the cons and other alternatives. And at least they're looking into it. And a good yep. majority actually end up doing it because they've gotten to that point. Not everybody, yep. but I would say more than 75%. Okay. And that's because when we sit down and the stigmas earlier that are in people's heads. Stigma and confusion. That's confusion. what they had going against them. Yeah, exactly. When I sit down with them, yeah. th- there's many times where the kids are tilting their heads and go, oh, I didn't realize that. Geez, I thought the bank owned the house yeah. or I thought it would be on the hook at the end. Yeah. It's our responsibility. And we go through all the reasons why it's expensive and people say, oh, I guess it's worth the expense yeah. because I don't want my kids to be hassled with the bank looking for a shortfall. So it's important to know that this was enacted through Congress into law in 1988, this loan. And it's federally regulated and insured by our government. And it doesn't mean, they don't lend the money though. The banks lend the money and the banks have their rule book. Which is a good thing from my point. Exactly. (laughs) So nationwide, the rules are what they are. No matter how many lenders you speak to or shop around to. It's just a matter of, looks like we get a call. Son of a gun. Now we have Joanne from Duxbury. Good morning, Joanne. How are you today? Hi. Good morning, Joanne. Hello. I have a question about if you have a VA loan, can you still do a reverse mortgage? Yes, you can do a reverse mortgage on no matter what type of loan you have. It just depends on what your home value is and what the balance of the mortgage is. Because yeah. you can access roughly... Let's, so in other words, let's say your house is worth 500, Joanne, and you had a $150,000 VA mortgage, you could do a reverse mortgage and just switch yeah. it into a reverse. But if the balance is higher than say 50% of your home's value, it, you might not qualify because we can only lend somewhere around 50-ish percent based on your age. Jo- Joanne, did okay, you have I'm a... I'm- did you have a person, yeah, I, without getting into your private situation, was there a, a reason behind that question you'd like to talk us a little bit further about? What, what do you think? Yeah, about, yeah. It, it's greater than 65, we'll leave it at that. Okay. Um, okay. I'm still working full time. Yeah. I'm 65. Yeah. Still working full time. Trying to think about when I'm done with working, which hopefully maybe I can do another seven years. Yeah. If, what I'd have to get my mortgage down to so that we could qualify for that. Okay. And you just get any answer to my question, greater than 50%. Yeah, 
Yeah, so exactly. If you had a, so if you had a five hundred thousand dollar value of the house, you get it down or a mortgage five hundred thousand dollar mortgage. You get it down to two hundred fifty, then you could qualify. Uh, Does it go by the value of the house or just by the mortgage? The value of the house, the appraised value, and then your age. So let's just say you're 70 and the house worth 500, you're probably going to be able to borrow about 40, 45% on that equation. So if your mortgage is higher than 45% of the appraised value, you wouldn't qualify. It doesn't mean you couldn't do it. I've I honestly joined, I've had clients in the past that had a lot of money and they were retiring, but the payment was about 25 to 3000 a month. And they came to closing with money because they knew they wanted to stay there long-term, but that's neither here nor there. I'm just letting you know, it doesn't make you not qualify. It just means you'd have to come up with a difference. So Joanne, your situation, which is, um, th thank you for calling. There, there are people out there listening that will probably learn some things here. But so basically you've got this mortgage that you're going to have in place when you're retired, which, which is probably you know, not one of your plans in life, but that's how it is. And so your right. you're thinking is, <laughs> I can, I, and by the way, you've got lots of company, lady. Okay, don't worry about that. Okay, but my point is, <laughs> your thinking is you can make your mortgage payment go away. Okay, by having a reverse mortgage, convert that whatever's left in the mortgage to a reverse mortgage. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, yeah. Joanne, it's interesting. People say, oh, gee, the general rule is that when you retire, your expenses are going to go down by 20 or 30 or 40% because your income has got to go down by 20 or 30 or 40% or whatever the numbers are. Okay. But yeah, but this is a perfect example of that. Okay. How do I reduce? If you got a mortgage in retirement, it's probably 20 or 30 or 40% of your expenses. Make it go away instantly with a reverse mortgage. And all of a sudden, my retirement scenario looks a lot brighter. That's basically where you're coming from. Is that correct, or? Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm going to keep working until I can't. So, sure. But at the point where I can't, yeah. I wanted to find out if reverse mortgage was a possibility. Yep. And the third thing was to just make sure that how much I would have to try and work to pay the mortgage down. Yeah, yeah. Because I could still even work part-time, whatever. I just need to have had some idea, because I was originally told you can't get a reverse mortgage with a VA loan, which was really kind of... No, you can get a reverse mortgage to pay off any loan. It any just loan. really determines how much, it's determined by how much you can borrow from the reverse and whether or not that will pay off your existing mortgages. If you wanted to call me later this week, I can give you an exact number just so you have that. It only takes me a couple of minutes. I can put together a what, quote, what email it to you. Sure. Take your time. Can you just like, when you do the reverse mortgage, like you're not paying off the whole thing, you're just setting up the reverse mortgage to like take out money for taxes or something like that. Is that a possibility or is it all in one deal? It's all in one. In your case, since you have a loan on the home, lien on the title, which is that VA mortgage, the reverse mortgage right. amount has to pay off that first, in which case there wouldn't be any money left and to pay taxes. So it's going to be all used to pay off the yeah, loan. It depends on the size involved right. in the, when the time comes. But your thought is square on. You yeah. can basically, if you have a mortgage that you didn't plan on having in retirement, okay, maybe you can use a reverse mortgage to make that payment go away forever as long as you stayed in the home. That's right. That, that's a terrific reason, and we've seen that in our client base yep. a few times. That's a terrific reason to be thinking about them. And your call is great. So even if it's going to be five or six or seven years, away. David, I promise David won't harass you if you call him privately later <laughs> later yeah. on in the week, but if he can point you in a direction to get you thinking about that, you got some time to plan for this, okay? And so the good news is you can hopefully get to that qualification if you stay on top of it and do what you have to do. Thing, okay? Jo Joanne, do you have okay, any... What's this number? Okay, David, look at that. It's a 617-797- 3277. You want me to repeat that or you good? I'm going to have you repeat it one second. Are you, if you're driving, I'm nervous, by the way. Are you okay or what? Oh, my granddaughter is going to write it down. All righty. Oh, all okay. right. I have a co-pilot. All right. Here all it right. is again. So 
797-3277. And Joanne, the good thing about your call is that you're calling six or seven years ahead of time so you can plan for this. So good for you for doing that. A lot of people wouldn't get nervous till a couple of months before or a right. year before, and that's not a good place to start. If you, do you have any other questions for us yeah, while I we do. get you, by the way? No, that's all. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, listen, good luck with that, and thanks for the call, and Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year, and all that good stuff, okay? Okay, you too. All right, bye-bye. Folks, this is a call-in talk radio show. We like to get calls, actually. At least I do. Uh, And if you want to give us a call, it's 781-837-4900. And if you had a question about reverse mortgages, this is your special day, because we have David Tortolot from Homestead Mortgage here, and... uh, he does this for a living, folks. So they're, they are financial tools, or he wouldn't be on this show, and they have a lot of use for a lot of people in certain situations, which is what we're trying to get narrowed down here. So moving right along, David, where do you want to go from here? Let's actually do, I think, I think it's, if I was a listener, I'd want to say, geez, what kind of clients does he have, and why did they use a reverse mortgage, and how did it help them? Okay. I have a couple of real-life stories. Yeah, a Much better real- to have stories on the radio yes. than math. Tim, much better to have stories, Yes, Alyssa right? yeah. does enough math for everybody. Yeah, I understand. Okay. <laughs> I do the stories. I'm the big picture yes. guy, as you probably noticed. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If you can describe a story with a problem, it's a lot better than explaining it with math. I'll do a few of them, actually. Go, go for it. We'll touch on the first one you just talked about. Okay. So folks that go into retirement with mortgages, yeah. and right now it's about 46% nationwide. That's People depressing. are carrying mortgages in, in retirement. Uh, what, what's the age? What, what age? 62 and older. So at age 62... 46% of people have carrying a mortgage or a home equity line. <laughs> That's depressing. And, yeah, it is. Yeah. And might be a small one. Yeah. It could be a $25,000 home equity line, but well, a that, mortgage. That might be a big one for some folks. Exactly. Everything's exactly. relative. Okay. So <clears throat> I had a couple about two months ago, and they called me, heard me on the radio, there on one go. of my ads. You're and, welcome. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and so they, they said, we have these two mortgages, and the payment totals between the two about $2,200 a month, principal and interest. Yeah. And we're on fixed income now because we both just retired. So we're trying to figure out a way not to be strapped to that payment. And did they know how long they had on each one of those to go, by the way? Yeah, they just refinanced one down to a lower rate. So uh, it was how many re- years? 30. So, and they were 60, in their 60s, basically. Yeah, 64. That, oh, that, not a, they're not a good place to get to, but if you're there, you can do work with what you got. And yeah. then they had a small home equity line for about 50000 yeah. So hey. that we were able to Everything's take... Everything's relative, David. Yeah, 50000 might not be small for I a know. lot of people I <laughs> listening know. to us. Okay. But the numbers worked out in their favor because yeah. the house is worth six fifty, okay. and the two mortgages combined were about two twenty. Okay. So we were able to take the two mortgages, yeah. switch it into a reverse mortgage, meaning refinancing. Yeah, so the $2,200 went away, basically. So they have a mortgage, because I want everybody to know when you switch it to a reverse, it doesn't mean you have no mortgage. You have a mortgage, you just don't have a payment requirement, meaning principal and interest. You are responsible for paying your taxes and insurance and living in the house. Those are the responsibilities. But they now have $2,200 extra a month in cash flow, and that's what they were looking to accomplish. So that was one story. Yeah, by the way, maybe it wasn't extra. Maybe they needed to get down to 2200 to be, break even. But right, exactly. Yeah, it might not have been extra, depending. And so it was going to help them with their, because their financial situation wasn't dire, but yeah, okay. it, it was going to help them breathe a little bit in retirement, maybe go out to dinner, do some things. Yeah, math worked the better for him, basically. Yeah, yeah, okay. Another story was I had a client who had about $2 million under management, House free and clear, about worth eight fifty in Norwell. Okay. Okay, and they heard me, my ad on the radio too, and they own a business currently in Hanover, and they they heard me talking about using a reverse mortgage as a buffer asset, and you and I have talked about that in the yep. past. Meaning, they had this two million dollars, they wanted to retire in seven years, they had this eight hundred fifty thousand dollar house, 
and they wanted to stay there long term. But the 850000 as you Mike, doesn't do anything for you. Yep. It's there, but you can't use if, it. You have to sell it. If you're it. not using it, that's just the way it is, right. basically. Yep. And so then what we did is we set up a reverse mortgage. We just set the whole loan up as a line of credit because they had no mortgages. Yep. So it was about a $400,000 reverse mortgage line of credit. And let me guess, they paid all the closing costs out of pocket. No. They did that. No, they didn't because they they're going to stay in the house long term. Okay. So they knew that over time the house would appreciate and pay, the, pay for the costs okay. on paper, so okay. to speak. So... That's so, interesting. These people are interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they were pretty sharp people. Yeah. So their okay. whole goal was we're going to retire in seven years. We have $2 million now, and we want this line of credit because we don't have long-term care. Yeah, okay. And there so they go. said this line of credit yeah. was just going to blossom, and they figured in 10 years we ran an amortization schedule. It's going to yeah. be close to $600-ish thousand dollars because, yeah. again, it always grows. Yeah. It never not grows. Yeah. Their portfolio can go up and down. As you so they could spend their home and still live there, basically, right. under that set of circumstances. Right. Needed okay. in-home care. Their whole thing, their yeah. mindset was in 10 or 15 years, okay. if that thing was 6650 they didn't want to tap into their $2 million portfolio. Because yeah. that could have been taxable, yeah. depending on what comes out. Yeah. They wanted this other income tax-free resource, the reverse equity line of credit, to fund in-home care because when they take the money out, it's borrowed, therefore it's income tax-free, number one. Number two, when they take it out, there's no payment. Yep. So not creating a monthly debt. And if they never use it and life goes very well, they never had to use it. So they didn't owe any money other than the upfront cost that they financed. But that's... That's interesting. And again, I, you may not... Did they... Not were they not able to qualify for long-term care insurance, or they just thought this was they just ne- they never got one. Yeah. They just never got one, and they never they, bothered with it based on this. Yeah, and someone they, so they like their odds. Advise them. Yeah, and they basically would self-fund that with their equity in their home. Yeah. And, uh, okay. And so they, they didn't buy a long-term care policy right. with the reverse. They just said we use the equity on in, our house in, if in we need in-home home care to come to our house. We'll yeah. just take the six fifty. Yeah. And right now, back when they took that out last year, it was probably around 3% was their growth rate on that $400,000 line of credit. Now okay. it's about 7%. Yeah. So okay. because it's a fluctuating rate, as, as, as rates rise, yeah. so okay. does their growth rate. And, and it's income tax-free growth because it's invisible money, it's equity. Yeah. It's not outside yep. like a liquid asset where you're earning interest. It's you growth. Know, and there, by the way, there are some folks listening to us that were probably thinking, well, you meant they had $2 million and they, that's plenty of money and they did that. They're folks, one of my favorite sayings is that everything is relative. If you had $2 million in your retirement plan, you had you have one sort of life to have 200000 you have another, and n- not good or bad, just things are relative. So right. you know, it, it depends on where you're coming from and what you're doing. But that's pretty interesting. So they it was strictly a long-term care yep. buffer. And by the way, it could also be a buffer if markets are down. The other thing yeah. I said to them, I said, yeah. if you're going to be, you know, in seven years when you retire and you begin drawing money from the $2 million, whatever yeah. the payment's going to be, let's yeah. say it's three grand a month from yeah. that portfolio, yeah. if at that time... We hit a March 2020, yep. something like that. Yep. You don't want to continue drawing three grand from that because now you're selling at a loss. You could just toggle. That's the word you, you use. That's my word. Stop yep. drawing the 3000 yep. from the portfolio. Stop drawing it from the line of credit yep. while letting that portfolio recover and not selling shares at a loss. Move over to the line of credit. Draw it from there because, again, income track tax-free withdrawal. Yep. It's a loan and there's no payment. Yep. And when the portfolio recovers, you can stop drawing from the line of credit and go back to your portfolio. So it serves as a tool. Yeah. And the line of credit, your portfolio can go up and down. The line of credit can never go down. It can go down if you spent the growth on it can only go up because it's attached to an interest rate. It's not attached to the home appreciating or depreciating. It's independent of that. So if the home value plummets, 
you'll always see the line of credit still growing at whatever that interest rate is that month yep. or that annual percentage rate. So it becomes this income tax-free resource. It's your house. It's your equity in your house. It's a hedge on a section of your home's equity. As a reverse mortgage, all is a line of credit that's always going to grow, never be canceled, frozen, or suspended as long as you're paying your property taxes on time, keeping the home insured, and living there and maintaining the property. Folks, two things. Number one, this is a call and talk radio show. If you have a question about a reverse mortgage, 781-837-4900. And secondly, I want to go over what David said again, because it's an important use of how all this works. So, So in our business, when folks are retired and they're taking money from their portfolio, we think it's a really good idea to have two or three years worth of whatever you need to take out of your portfolio in your portfolio in cash, we call them buckets, so that you don't have to sell your any, we don't have to sell stocks to re, when they're down to replace people's income. Okay, the we do have a few folks, okay, who's, if it's, if you have a big enough nest egg that you'll think you'll never run out of it, depending on whatever happens, a thing, maybe you don't have as much of a need, but for a lot of folks, who are like, okay, I'm okay in retirement, but I'm not skating free forever. I'm okay, but I have to pay attention. But if you had a reverse mortgage, while things were down, you could actually go there, okay, and use that and then preserve the value of your port. If you take money out of your portfolio when it's down, it doesn't recover as fast, folks. That's it's right. It, it never recovers you're as fast. You're digging a hole, especially if you're 75. Yeah, especially if you're 75, okay. So a great use for these is a toggle back and forth, okay? And if it bothers you, that you had to use, you had for a year take out $12,000 from your reverse mortgage to offset the payment. There's no law that you can't pay that back, by the way. That's you, right. you can write a check when you're feeling better and pay that back down to where it was to begin with. You can pay a reverse mortgage yeah. at any amount, any time, yeah. and any payment amount. Yeah, so you should know that as well, folks. But it's just a, a the buffer asset. That's a professional way of saying it's like a safety measure for you. Yeah. Okay, that, that maybe you never use. And people complain about insurance premiums until they use it, sort of. That's a right. Thing. And the same thing about the costs of a reverse mortgage or yeah. whatever. But if you happen to be using it, then maybe it was worth the cost sort yeah. of thing. So, yeah, v- very good use about that. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so that okay. another one is yeah. I met with a woman and her, she lost her husband, I think, about a year prior to us meeting. Yeah. And she wanted to do a reverse mortgage on that house. It was a big house. Okay. A three-quarter acre lot. And I just threw out to her. I said, are you considering, would you consider selling and moving? She goes, I'm not opposed to it. But it seems like an arduous task and a lot of stuff to move and all the various things you hear from people like that. And I'm going to walk away with a certain amount of money. Where do I go with that? They think that they have to buy something cash at that age because they don't want a mortgage payment. And you can actually use a reverse mortgage as part of purchasing a property. So it's called the Heckam for Purchase product. So most people take a reverse mortgage out. Mike, on the house they're living in, which yeah. is a refinance. Yeah. They live in that house, they're putting a reverse against that. Yeah. But in this woman's case, we just went through some net proceeds exercise. What would you net out? What could you have to buy another house? And the money we had was far more than enough for her to take money from those net proceeds of the house she's selling as yeah. a down payment, okay. but take a reverse mortgage out for the rest, okay. leaving her more money to put in her investments. Okay. All right, because you have a mortgage but you have no payment. So you can buy a house cash, dump all your money into the house and not have access to it anymore and have no mortgage payment. With a reverse mortgage, you can take the money from the house you're selling, 
only put maybe half down. Let's say you got 600,000 in net proceeds, put 300 down, take a $300,000 reverse mortgage out on the new house you're buying okay, yep. as part of a purchase transaction because it does not have a payment either. And then you have money left to live on. So it's a mortgage, but no payment. And it's for purchasing a new house. So in this woman's case, she hasn't done it yet, but she's considering selling yeah. and maybe downsizing. Okay. She certainly doesn't need a three-quarter acre lot with a, a four or five bedroom colonial. Yeah. Okay. And so she's thinking going to a condo or one level living and lower her expenses by not having to have an electric bill on a 2,800 square foot home, maybe get into a 1,300 square foot home or something like that. So we're lowering her expenses, getting her into a house with no mortgage payment that's easier to run yeah. and maintain. And she has money left over from the house she sold to put in her investments. And she probably bought herself a little more time to put the house up for sale and yeah. wait for a price. She's not a distressed seller under those set of circumstances. Basically. So it's important for yeah. people to know, Mike, yeah. that you can, <clears throat> a reverse mortgage can be used to refinance the house you're living in, but it yeah. can also be used to buy the next house you want to buy. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but there are folks listening to us who just listened to that story. If you could, if you could sell one house and buy cash for the other one, why, why wouldn't you do that? That assumes that your income, okay, is from other sources, whether right. it's pensions or social security, or you have a, a large enough nest egg so that you can afford to have a no mortgage payment and have a you know, basically a cash purchase. And yeah, your kids would be happy if you did that. But if you were on the edge or if you were worried about it, there's a different way to look at that, basically. Right. And I mean, when you take a reverse uh, mortgage out to purchase the next house, again, yeah. we're not looking at income. Yeah. We're not looking at tax returns and W-2s to see if you qualify for yeah. enough of that mortgage at your age yeah. and the sale price of that next house. So yeah. it really comes down to how much money you have to play with as to what you can actually afford to buy. Yeah. And or how much money you need in a pot to be able to draw in income from and be okay, basically. And that's, exactly. that's the, the other side of the question. So everybody's situation is different, but that's pretty interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the bottom line is that you could d buy your retirement home, create some liquidity, yep. okay, and not have a mortgage ever in the retirement home. And as long as you stay there and until the end, uh, it ain't a bad place to be, folks. That's right. I guess it's time to take a break. I guess we'll be right back. Mm -hmm. 